Hey, welcome to the Lyric House Church podcast. Our mission is to host a house for him. Join us on Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. for our live service. Make sure to check out our Facebook page for details about upcoming events and information on our small groups that meet throughout the week. Thank you for being part of our broader community, and we hope you enjoy this podcast. Received that they were uneducated. And there was a translation that I had read that said that they were illegitimate idiots is what they felt like. Same. Jill was like, she was like preaching and it was so good. And she's like, what did you say up there when you were like, and you were like, basically like, and we do have it together. Like, and Lisa and I both were like, no, yeah. we do not. Oh, and we both said at the same time, we are. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> we're not. You're right. Yes. Yes, you're right, Jill. Thank you. We needed that. Okay. <laughs> so now when they saw the boldness of Peter and John and perceived that they were uneducated common men, they were astonished. And they recognized that they had been with Jesus. Been with Jesus. All I need is you. <laughs> but seeing the man who was healed standing beside them, they had nothing to say in opposition. They couldn't say anything. For God had moved and the man was healed. And they knew they didn't dispute that he was healed. Yeah. And they didn't dispute There's that no it was Jesus. It. Right. You can't dispute it. Nope. But when they, when they had commanded them to leave the council, they conferred to one another. They exchanged discussions. They, they exchanged opinions. Ex they discussed. Saying, what shall we do with these men? For that a notable sign has been performed through them, and it is evident to all the inhabitants of Jerusalem, and we cannot deny it. But in order that we may spread no farther among the people, let us warn them to speak no more to anyone in this name. In whose name? Jesus. They were trying to quench the fire. So they called them and charged them not to speak or teach at all in the name of Jesus. And so we have this, Jason kind of recapped, we have Peter and, and who, who, somebody tell me, who, what are we doing? Where are we at? Who's here? Who are we talking about? Who are the disciples? Peter and John, what are they doing? Why were they arrested? Yep. Who did they heal? Like, who did Jesus heal through them? The man at the what? Man at the gate. Okay. Yep. Called beautiful. Called beautiful. Yes. Yep. So we're still here, right? We're still talking about this. <laughs> and so what's happening is they're saying, we don't know what to do with these dudes. We, we don't know what to do with them. We can't dispute that this happened, that this healing actually happened. The man is right here. He's walking. And it's this Jesus guy. Still, we thought we got rid of him. We thought we, we finished this. But here we are. We're still talking about this. And so they said, okay. They're really mean, and they're really gruff, and they're really in, in, in big and important, and they're like, 
Don't speak of the, his name anymore. That's what they're telling him. Do you ever wonder how we get, like, we know that the Bible is the inspired word of the Holy Spirit. We know that it's the inspired word of God. But how do we know these details? How do we know that the Sanhedrin, the words that they said and the choices that they make, understand, like, that this potentially Saul could have been in this room, guys. So everybody knows Saul, who's later we know as Paul, right? He could have been in this room. It's potential. It doesn't say here that he is, but we knew that he was part of this sect of, of, of religious leaders, and he was very important in there. And how, so how is Luke then telling this, this story, this account later on? Well that, could he have been talking to him? Even if he wasn't in the room, they were all talking to each other, amongst right. each other. Yeah. You know. So they, they were all kind of sharing what was happening. And just see that little bit of insight where we're understanding and hearing these things. This isn't just a guess that this is what these men were talking about. It was not just really good guess. Luke had inside information to what was happening with Peter and John, and they weren't there. They didn't hear them talking. Right. They heard this from someone. So it was a religious leader. Could it have been Saul that came and they told him later, oh, yeah, that one time when, when Peter and John were in prison? Oh, yeah, we heard him talking about it. It was a miracle that they let him free, but they were scared. Yeah, because later, I mean, Paul and Luke came together and communed together. So you know they talked about all kinds of stuff like that. 19 says, but Peter and John answered them, whether it's right in the sight of God to listen to you, rather than God, you must judge. For we cannot but speak of what we've seen and what we heard. And so what they're saying, you have to understand this. This is like, in this time, the Sanhedrin would be like, um, like the leadership, the religious leadership to the men at this time, like potentially even like their pastoral care. And they're saying, yeah, we know that what you did was Jesus, and we know that he was really healed, but don't talk about it anymore. That's not what we're doing. Be quiet. And I, I can't imagine how hard this was for the disciples to just to turn around and leave and not, and, the, what the, that, and that's what they're saying. They're saying, it's impossible for us to stop speaking about this. Like, I, I hear what you're saying. I hear that you could kill me. I hear that you, you really want me to die, but I can't. I can't stop talking about it. Have you seen, like, you don't understand what I've walked through and what I've seen. I won't stop. And when they had further threatened them, they let them go, finding no way to punish them because of the people. Hear that. They couldn't find a way to punish him because of the people, and we're all praising God for what had happened. It's just so crazy that they're unmoved by this miracle from God. Like, they've laid their life down. Like, this is their job. This is their everything. God was supposed to be everything that, th that mattered to them, and they're walking. It's this living, walking miracle that they are supposed to be preaching, and yet they're unmoved by this. They're unmoved by, by the heart of this man being healed and how excited the disciples were and they're focused on people. Understand what they're saying here is they knew and they recognized the man of Jesus. They were the ones that should have been doing it. They were the ones that should have been healing people, but they weren't. And they, they knew that. And I think that they, at this point, like we had talked about last week, they're getting scared for their job. They're getting scared for what people will think about them. And again, it always revolves back to people and their mindset, and they're worried about what people think. But understand that their inheritance then will be people. And J Peter and John and the disciples, their inheritance is God. And when you think of it like that, when, they, when, you, when, you, when you 
decipher that truth of this is the Pharisees, the religious people were, were doing this for man. They were doing it for people so that they looked really good. They weren't doing it for the king of kings. They, they would not even recognize him. Are you going to 22? For the man on whom this sign of healing was performed was more than 40 years old. So I wrote down, we talk about numbers a lot around here. And numbers are important. Numbers were important in scripture. Did somebody tell me what the number 40 represents? We see it so often. What does 40 represent? Complete lit. It's, yes, new, a new season. And what I wrote down that actually says it signifies trial, but new life, new growth, transformation, and a change from one great task to another. So if you guys think about what involved 40 in Scripture, all throughout Scripture, just give me some. Jesus was tempted in, in, the, in the desert, right, or in the wilderness. Jesus was tempted in the wilderness for 40 days. What else? Noah's Ark? Yep. What else? Israelites, did I hear that? Yep, Israelites in the wilderness. In the desert. Yep. Um, Elijah, and he went without food for 40 days. Um, what I've also found as I, we, like we know all these things, we hear them often, but did you know that um, David, Solomon, and Saul all reigned for 40 years, and that there was 40 different men, they believe, that wrote the Bible? And so, like, 40 goes beyond that. Like, there's something significant here with the letter, with the number 40. And that's why they mentioned it. They said, for the man on whom this sign of healing was performed was 40 years old. They didn't need to put that in there, except for they knew that if you pressed in a little bit to Scripture right here, you would see what God is doing. You would see that, yes, this man lived for 40 years, but now he's healed, and now he's transformed into a new man. It wasn't just, he was sozoed. It wasn't just that he got healed. He was saved, healed, and delivered. And it talks about that earlier in, that, in, that, um, in this passage, that his whole life was just radically transformed. This is what they were doing it for. This is, what, this is why they went up to the temple. This is why they went to prison. This is why to see people find the Lord like this. And in 23, it says, when they were released, they went to their friends and reported what the chief priests and the elders had said to them. <laughs> Could you just imagine, like, if we, we went to prison for sharing the gospel and then we got out and we, like, ran in here and we were like, you guys, you wouldn't believe what we got, just got to do. They didn't say we were in prison and it was hard, it was rough. They were like, we preached Jesus. Like, I feel like they're so proud of themselves. Yeah. They should have been, Right. They didn't see, you have to understand that they didn't see this as persecution. They weren't worried about what just happened. All they seen was the gospel was just advanced. Yeah. The kingdom of God was yeah. preached. It was where their heart was. Yeah. And in 24, it says that when they heard it, they lifted their voices together and to God and said, Sovereign Lord, who made the heaven and the earth and the sea and everything in them? They're worshiping. This is what, this is what they do immediately. They come out. Who through the mouth of our father David, your servant, said by the Holy Spirit, why the Gentiles rage and the people plot in vain? The kings of the earth set themselves, and the rulers were gathered together against the Lord and against his anointed. For truly in this city they were gathered together against your holy servant, whom you anointed, both Herod and Pilate, along with the Gentiles and the people of Israel. 
to, to do whatever your hand and your plan had predestined to take place. And now, Lord, look upon their threats and grant to your servants to continue to speak your word with all boldness. Pay attention to that word, boldness. While you stretch out your hand to heal and signs and wonders are performed through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. They're quoting scripture. They're quoting Psalms. You can write it down if you want. Psalms 2, 1 through 9 is what they're doing. They're coming back and they're quoting this scripture of what they just lived through. But listen here to their prayer. They come out of prison and their first line that they use is, thank you, God. They give adoration. Oh, God, you're so good. They went for him. They went for Jesus. And they're coming out and they're saying, thank you, God, you're so good. And then we see that they start, they, they have a specific need. Then they say, now, Lord, look upon their threats. They didn't say, though, God, God, take them away. God, would you, would you murder your, the ones that are against you? God, would you, would you take me out of this certain trial? Nope, they said, and now, Lord, look upon their threats and grant your servants to continue to speak your word. That's what they wanted. They didn't care about their lives. They said, we just want to continue to speak your word, God. They weren't praying for safety. They weren't praying for, um, I mean, I mean, like, they were, I would be like, Lord, protect my kids. <laughs> Lord, protect my husband. Like, I, I had a whole list that I feel like I would think to pray here. But they were like, no, keep going, God. Don't stop. More, Lord. Right, Lisa? <laughs> More, Lord. So we were, I said to pay attention to that word boldness in 29. Are you guys there? Can you see it? So that word is the word perija. Anybody know how to actually say it? Perisa. Jason's probably right. It's <laughs> now for <laughs> Italian. To next week we might be Hispanic. We don't know. Until there's someone that can speak Greek around here, this is what, this is what we sound like. I love this word. This actually stops me in my tracks for a minute, and I had to really just dig it and, and research this word. Um, this word, Parisia, uh, they wrote boldness as an example but it means so much more than boldness. In fact, we don't have this word in the English language, which is a lot of, 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 of the Greek language we don't have or the Hebrew. What it means is they didn't care what people thought. It means it's actually a word used in public speaking. Like they were almost trying to offend you. That's what it meant. It wasn't, it wasn't bold as in like, I got really brave and, and opened my mouth. This was like, I don't care what you think. I'm going to preach the word of God. And I was, I remember I heard this word a long time ago and I was in the car and I was like, Jason, you have to hear this. And I was like, tell him about the word. And I was like, could you imagine preaching and not, in, not caring if you offended people? Jason's like, yeah. <laughs> and I was like, I don't know very many people that preach like that, except for Tim. I think Tim is the only one that doesn't care if he offends people. Remember us having that conversation? Yeah. And we were like, huh, well, but that's really hard. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 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 And it's from the Holy Spirit. It's a gift. It's not something that we worked up. What happens is they open their mouth. And they did it, right? This wasn't something that they worked up really good, that they worked towards. The Holy Spirit gave it to them as a gift. It was theirs to use. All right. Okay. 
We're talking about some unrestrained, confident, bold, they don't care what you think kind of people. And that's what we're raising up here, guys. You ready? You in? Okay, good. As I almost fall off my chair. <laughs> I didn't say I was graceful. Just, we're just bold. <laughs> Full of grace. Yeah. Okay, in 31 it said, and when they had prayed, in place in which they were gathered together was shaken. And in the Aramaic, that means there was an earthquake. So they're praying for they're praying for this, and then like I feel like we would all like run undercover. Somebody would run for their kids. I'd be hiding under a chair, hoping someone grabbed mine. I mean, like it would be nuts, and people would be screaming, and things would be flying. Not these dudes. Nope. They're all filled with the Holy Spirit, and they continue to speak the word of God. Is what it says. Like nothing is stopping them. And then what happens? Is they what they prayed for? So they're praying for this boldness, this, this Parisia, and it says that they immediately got it, but they didn't see it until they continued to speak the word of God. If and we're and asking, when they're praying, they're unified. Mm -hmm. They're unified together in oneness. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. 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 Right. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I'm doing it. Do you also feel like you'd be like, did anybody see that? Did anybody see that? Anybody else care? No. Okay. Right. Yeah. I wonder if people were like, what was that? But they knew, like they knew. I don't know, but I don't know, guys. That just gets me so excited. Like I'm just, <sighs> settle down, settle down. Okay, all right. And 32, this is what you're talking about, babe. Go ahead. It is, okay. I was still stuck on 31. Oh, do you have something else to say about that? I just think, I just, I'm stuck on the unification of it all. I mean, they were all in one mind and one spirit, filled to overflowing with the Holy Spirit. What is 32? No, I'm reading 32. Or I'm not reading it, but. Yeah. 32 says, now the full number of those who believed were of one heart and soul, and no one said that any of the things that belonged to him was his own, but they had everything in common. The true I amness, the true oneness with the I am. What's so cool about scripture is they didn't just decide to do this for no reason. They had men and women and families coming from all over, and so they were essentially homeless. And so they've taught them who Jesus is. They, there's this whole, their whole world just opened up. The earth is shaking. They're on fire, but yet their children don't have a place to sleep. And so what happens is the bride comes together and says, let me open my home for you. And they did it just because they seen a need that happened. They seen, they seen new brothers and sisters, Christians in the faith coming in and they were like, we'll make a home for you. You don't have to go anywhere. We'll do this together. We will give everything that we have so that we can be in one accord. And what happens is they knew that it belonged to God. They didn't, they didn't count their stuff as their own. Their homes weren't their own. They knew that it belonged to God, that he has ownership of everything, and they were walking this out with them. And I feel like you don't do these things unless God touches you so deeply. Like, you don't, you don't pray for things like, I don't care if I offend people, and, and you don't open your, your home to people and give and sell and and not care about material things unless God did something, unless you had this encounter with God that, that you don't care anymore. Yeah, why would you? Yeah. What else? What other reason? There's no one that's in the world that would ever do anything like that. 
Because the world is me, me, me. Self, self, self. In 33, it says, and with great power, that's that word dunamis power. Remember, we talked about it in the beginning. Explosive the apostles power. Explosive power. Dynamite. The apostles were giving their testimony to the resurrection of Jesus, and great grace was upon them all. Understand, again, the difference that what, what they're trying to distinguish here is whenever the religious men were like, just quiet them because we're afraid of the people. What the disciples are saying, we don't care what you think. We, there's this power, this undenying power, because we're so passionately in love with Christ that we're going to put God first, then people, and material things don't matter to us. Yeah. It's completely different than what they had been walking through and seeing with the disciples. And it was just a natural uh, occurrence because who they knew God to be. like what we were talking about earlier in the week. You know, just having that mindset of trust. Trust in him. Taking your eyes off everything else and just trusting in him. Resting in the trust that you have in him. Taking our mind off the things of the world. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for this beautiful relationship that we have with you. I love how you always just show up. You always just show up because you're always there, but it's just the perfect moment. Lord, I thank you that you've given us a deeper revelation into what that means, to trust and to rest in you. Taking us into the deep things. These things that are preparing us for what's to come. Preparing us for who we are as your sons as your mighty warriors for your kingdom. Worshiping warriors, bold, courageous, fearless warriors that are willing to stand on the firm foundation of your word, of who you are. Willing to stand on the stone that the builders rejected. To stand firm for the stone that holds us all together in the oneness that you so beautifully created. What a masterpiece that we get to rest in and trust you in. What a joy it is to have you, to be with you in all that we do. Count it all joy, he says. Count it all joy. Thirty-four. It says there was not a needy person among them, for as many as were owners of lands or of houses sold them and brought the pro proceeds from what was sold, and they laid it at the apostles' feet, and it was distributed to each as any had need. 
They didn't wait to be asked. They didn't wait until there was a need of, of the money. They just they went ahead and did it because they seen the need and they had this understanding of, of rightful giving that, that everything that we own belongs to you, God. And 36 says, Thus Joseph, who was also called by the apostles Barnabas, a Levite, a native of Cyprus, sold a field that belonged to him and brought the money and laid it at the apostles' feet. Do you guys remember this name? Remember the name Barnabas? He won't be called Joseph again after this. He'll be Barnabas. And the name Barnabas means encouragement. And so they renamed him Encouragement because what they wanted to do is they wanted, while they're watching him, we don't, we don't know that he was the first that, that sold his land. So why is it that they're talking about him? What, what's the importance of this? Something stood out to the disciples about Barnabas. And what I believe that they're doing is they're wanting to, they're, they're saying, be encouraged like Barnabas. Do watch what Barnabas did. Watch what the Lord does in him. Ha- posture your heart as Barnabas is doing. He's not expecting anything in return. Posture your heart and let this be your heart's cry. Yep. 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 From now on. Yep. Yeah. And what he's showing here is this radical love of a man that's not even from this area, right? He's coming in from Cyprus, and he's, he's saying, here, here's it all. Here, here's everything. Here's what I have. And they're saying, look at Barnabas, guys. Like, he's a good example. He's a good role model. There was nothing that stopped these new Christians in spreading the gospel. There was this fire inside of them that we don't care about our money. We don't care about our reputation. They're saying, we don't want to go home. We can't go home. We want, we want to know more about this God. Essentially, what they're saying is we want to know him. We want to make him known. We want to ride this out. Guys, we know church. Like, we come in. We have church. Everybody knows church. Everybody knows church is usually on Sunday. We'll have worship. We'll have a message. Like, everybody knows that. They didn't. They're learning this as they go, and they're excited, and they're on fire. And what they're, they're saying, I want to lay everything down, and I want to I want to show you that by, by, by giving what I have. What they're saying is we don't care what it takes, God. We want to build a house for you. We want to build your bride. Does that sound familiar, anybody? Yeah, I thought so. Are we going to have the worship team come back up? What's the plan? Did you ask them to do that? Now would be the time, guys. That's us asking. It's funny, we were going to share this last week, and I kind of got sidetracked, and we didn't get to share it all. And what I wanted to say last week wasn't all that God wanted to say. And so it's just so fun. It's like it's just so cool that he does that. And he he kind he knew that we wouldn't get to it and he knew what he wanted to say this week. There's certain things that we have to walk through in life to be able to understand what he wants to say, right? Yeah. 
And um, so I was studying out this chapter all week, and I kept coming back. And, and everything that you, if you look at the overall meaning of, of chapter four, it's persecution. Like if you look up um, the different breakdown of what um, commentary and theologians think about chapter four, it always goes back to persecution. And the Lord had said to me, I was, I was cooking the kids breakfast one morning, and the Lord said, um, th- I want to show you something. Keep going. And I was like, I thought I was prepared, God. <laughs> I thought we were ready. Remember, we were supposed to teach about it last week. But so I spent the rest of the week just seeking out, like, God, what it is? What, it, what do you want? What do you want to show me? What do you want? What do you want me to see? And then um, just kind of trying to hear what he was saying. And I heard this morning when I woke up, he said, faith without works is dead. And it's Bible. We know that. And I was like, I know, Lord. But he wanted to show me something throughout this. And I feel like he wants to show you guys this as well. The early church wasn't working really hard. They weren't lying their lives down, sharing everything they had so that they could serve a man, but to serve God. This was for him. They're obsessed with a man that nothing they did or had mattered to them. And this is what faith without works looks like. It looks like, God, I love you so much that I'm going to obey the command of love God, love people. And that comes from the scripture of Matthew 22, 37. And he said to them, you shall love the Lord your God with all of your heart, with all of your soul, with all of your mind. And second is like this, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. Listen, when we hear things like, or when we hear things like this, when we hear things like faith without works is dead, we, we want we want to start putting the law into place and we want to start working. We want to talk about what we have to do to earn God's love. This isn't a salvation issue. It's not what he's saying. He's saying your spirit is sealed. Your spirit is completely saved. Understand that what he's talking about here and love the Lord your God with all your heart and all your mind and all your soul. He's saying that it's active. It's this reactive God. You have all of, all of my heart. You have all of my soul, my mind, my will, emotions, God. Even if it doesn't make any sense, you have every part of it. it no matter what it looks like, it's this choice that we get to make. And recently, we've the, the coffee shop is really a pain in our butts (laughs) and we have been saying god we know you got to be teaching us something through this we know that there's got to be a a message in this somewhere there's got to be something that we're learning and i just i feel like he was revealing that to me this morning in verse 420 it says peter and john said for we cannot but speak of what we have seen and heard what they're saying is we're not going to stop. We've made this reactive, this active choice to share the gospel, to spread the gospel. And I want to ask you guys this question because it's kind of, I think it's, this is the question that the Lord has been asking us. Who do you know in your life that lives like the disciples live? Who do you know? Can you think of someone that that lays their life down? Do you know of anybody that has, the Lord said, move to Holden. I'm there. (laughs) You know, when the Lord asked us to move to Holden, we didn't have any idea that we would have this today. We thought we were moving to this 
poverty-stricken town that I may have done it kicking and screaming, but we didn't know what the Lord would, would do. It didn't make any sense. It was the simple obedience of go, and you'll figure out the rest. If we would have done, done it Tiffany's way, we'd be in Florida or hey, Texas. Hey, stop it. We Everybody knows that. Who do you know that prays things like, God, make me bolder? God, take away my filter. <laughs> I don't care what it looks like. I don't care what people say. I don't care what, what people think. That we tell you guys about the time that Dakota, we all went out, we went to dinner. Megan's birthday? Megan's birthday? Oh, yeah, yeah. And we went out to dinner before that, and we had all were just hanging out. We were talking. And after it was over, we all got, most of us had already left the, the restaurant, and Dakota stands up, and he turns back around, and he was like, excuse me, where were we at? Ex oh, yeah, you were there, Shiloh. Excuse me, Longhorn? And I'm like, where are we talking? Can I get your attention, please? Right, 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 yeah. And I guess I thought we were, too, but I was kind of getting, what are we doing? And he said, would you remember what he said, babe? Why are you sitting down? Yeah, say it louder. It was just talking about like if if you're looking for a sign, if Jesus is real, this is your sign. Right now he loves you and he just was very bold and loud about it and everybody was just kind of staring at him and he was like, Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> And, no, and nobody came up to him. And, no, and it wasn't this, like, radical moment of, like, the whole restaurant got healed which, or saved, which would have been beautiful. One of them did happen to be my neighbor, though, our neighbor. And so that was fun. Right. You're like, oh, this is who we are. And, and, and most people that know us that if you, if, you, if you go out to eat with us, it's probably going to happen. Um, but it was Dakota this time. Like, it hadn't happened with Dakota, and he didn't care. He didn't care what it looked like. He, he didn't care what they thought. Maybe he did, but he was willing to press in anyway. And we were so stinking proud of him. We were just, like, all excited. And then we got in our cars, and we left. And then, you know, what happens is you instantly are like, what did I do? Why did I say that? What, oh, I, that's not what I meant to say. Just ignore that. It's fine. But that's the question I'm asking. Like, who are the people? Are you running with people like this? Do you know people that are, that are willing to give up their land, that are willing to give up their homes, that are willing to, to move, that are willing to be bold? In fact, what I read this morning is what Jason's talking about, is the man Barnabas that we had spoken of earlier that was the encourager. He lived in Cyprus, which was like a rich area. And so what he did was he sold a very highly sought-after piece of land to come and to be with the disciples. Understand, guys, he didn't have to do this, that this could have been his children's inheritance. Like, this could have set him up forever. He didn't need to do anything like this. But he came, and he laid it at their feet without them even asking. And understand that he was a Levite. So essentially, he, was, um, he could have been a Levite's work for the temple. And so he could have been, like, a worship leader. So he was pay, he, he had money. He was in ministry, essentially full-time ministry, like every Christian's dream. And he decided, I have to support the kingdom. I have to go and be part of what they're doing because I see something in them. 
There's something happening here, and none of this is going to make any sense. And people were probably told them, Barnabas, you're nuts, dude. What are you doing? You have it made. You have everything that anybody in this day would have wanted as a Levite. And he said, no, I'm going to give it up. I'm going to go, and I'm going to go with the disciples, not with the understanding that one day he would be preaching and sharing the gospel with Paul. He didn't know that would happen. He didn't know that he would be in Scripture, and we'd be talking about him today. He just walked in obedience and said, here's my land. I want to do whatever I can to help the bride prosper, to know, to know him and to make him known. And understand that later it talks about, you know, we all know that Paul was a tent maker. It said Barnabas worked next to him. So although he had it made, and he had everything he, uh, he needed in the moment. He sold it all, and he went, and he worked to share the gospel. And so that, that is what I feel like the Lord was bringing it back, is that we, we say, God, we, we don't care what it looks like, and we sing this really, really good song. really like that song. But we want it easy. Like we, we, we don't want to have to work three jobs. We don't want to have to do dishes in the kitchen of the coffee shop. We don't want to have to work all the time. It's hard. We don't want to have to pick up all the things. We don't want to get phone calls about how what we preach is wrong. We don't want to do any of those things. But when the Lord said, when we said yes, and we said in yes in obedience to the Lord, that was part of it. Barnabas probably didn't really want to build tents with Paul either. But it was worth it to him. So I know we're, we're finishing up really quick today, but I want you guys to stand up with me. And the Lord really just did something in my heart this morning about how I've been complaining about everything that's going on and, and how we're working harder than we've ever worked. Because have the understanding that if we say, yes, God, that we want to build your kingdom, that we will work. That with our, if it's all of our mind and our soul, our heart, our mind, and our soul, then there will be work involved in it. What? What are we doing? Sure. That's great. And if faith with that works is dead, then we get to walk that out with him, guys. So don't be offended if, if it means whenever you start walking in it that it seems harder. Whenever you start walking in it, there's no money. I, I don't know how many times I've said, God, I know you called us to do this church. I know that you called us to do this coffee shop. So why can't I pay the bills? It doesn't matter. We do it anyway. It doesn't matter. We, we get to walk it out. We get to have faith. This is where we get to show that we have the faith. This is where we get to hand in hand say, God, we are so obsessed with your kingdom. We are so in love with you, God, that this is what radical love looks like that doesn't have to make sense, but it's all about you, God. That without faith, God, it doesn't matter. But as long as you're here, as long as you're in it, we'll do it. And so when I ask you guys, who do you know that lives like this? Who are the crazy people that that would, that would work when they had it all figured out. If you didn't say me, yourself. Did you say yourself? Okay, good job. If you didn't say me, myself, ask yourself why. Hmm, God.
wreck our hearts. Set our thoughts right, Father. Our spirit, our salvation is sealed, God. But help our mind, our will, and emotions. That nothing else really, truly matters but you. Even if we have to work three jobs, even if it doesn't make sense on paper, even if we have to give up our home, Father, if I have to sell my house to buy the building next door to build your kingdom, I will. We're not, it's not, I'm not prophesying. (laughs) I was having a moment, thank you. (laughs) Right. The first sale sign in the yard. Settle down. Settle down. Yeah. But that's what we're talking about, Joe. Just because it's hard when we're walking it out doesn't mean that it's not what's supposed to happen. And it's anything to advance his kingdom. Anything for his name to be known. It is. Obedience is hard, but it's a blessing. Yeah. We've done crazy stuff, and we're not about to start now. We're not getting so comfortable in our little church that we're not going to start pray- stop praying now for radical things. We're going to ask for more. And we're going to believe for more. And it's not a, like we know, it's not about a building. Like, who cares about the building, God? We want revival. We want your presence. We want you to be known. And we're not going to stop until it is. God, Holden will be on the map for loving you. Not for lyric, not for our names. But, Father, for knowing and loving you, no matter what it looks like, no matter the cost, no matter what it takes, God. It doesn't matter if it's hard. I'm not saying we won't whine about it, but, God, (laughs) our eyes are on you. It's never changed, Jesus.